So pretty much, you know what? You I know, used to love this podcast. Now I don't. I'm going to Five Guys. <laughs> he never emailed back. The Five Guys guy never emailed back. I have to put it in the intro here. If you met me at Five Guys and said you liked the podcast, <laughs> please email us or put it on Instagram. <laughs> DM this us so confirmed. Sad. I know. We just need to know if you meant us. No, what's great is if he didn't mean us, but he looked up the podcast because he remembered, oh, wait, no, it said let's run that back. And he looked it up and hears this and he's never listened to us before <laughs> in his life. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Welcome to Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. We're two brothers who talk about movies as if our opinions matter. And today we'll catch up on what we've been watching. We'll be deviant with Eternals. And we'll give our thoughts on the recent Marvel TV show announcements. So without further ado, let's run that back. Took me a really long time to figure out if saying we'll be deviant like made sense because i was like deviant's not a verb and i was like telling Kristen, like you can't say be deviant well the verb isn't deviant in that the verb is be that's what Kristen said and i was like oh well and i had been thinking about it with i can't use deviant so i should use devious and then Kristen was like but you can say be devious because be is the verb i was like oh well in that case i can say be deviant and she was like uh yeah i guess be a deviant a deviant is devious it doesn't matter, you know? No one, everyone hears that, and it's al- already out of their head. If I hadn't said anything else, they wouldn't even be thinking about it. I thought you were going to say, we will drink some celestial sleepy time tea. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> let's get into this. So, I don't know what you've been watching. What have you been watching? Um, I went on a rock binge and watched Red Notice. Meaning Dwayne Johnson. Yes, and watched okay. Red Notice and Jungle Cruise. Okay, I actually am interested in what you thought of Jungle Cruise more than Red Notice. So quickly, did you like Red Notice? Um, I did enjoy Red Notice. I had, you know, it was... It was like stupid, right? Did it you watch like it? A, no, 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 it's just oh. what I've seen of it. It's just like a stupid, fun little movie, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't even say stupid. It was it was a heist movie, and it was there was twists yeah. and turns, which are always, always fun and really cool. Um, I love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. But it felt a little bit like someone else writing what they think Ryan Reynolds would say, and then Ryan Reynolds saying it. Well, I've sense? heard that it's almost like the, it's a heist movie, where Dwayne Johnson is Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot is Gal Gadot. And it's like, they're not even playing characters. It's just like, these actors are in this heist movie. To an extent, except yeah. it feels like someone else wrote... <laughs> all of them? What, what they, think they all thought of them are like. they would do. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what about Jungle Cruise? Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean in the Amazon? That sounds like a good... That's a good review, in my opinion. <laughs> it, it was fun. It, it was fine. But you're saying, like, straight rip-off of Pirates of the Caribbean, I mean, not I'll, even, like... I mean, can you rip yourself off? It's. I mean... But yes, it was I, I the same so. formula 
Yeah. They just did it to the Jungle Cruise ride instead of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. When you said, can you rip yourself off? I was about to be like, yeah, they made The Force Awakens, but I'm not going to open up that whole can of worms again. Listen, after the <laughs> what we got in the prequels, The Force Awakens is what people wanted. Matt, just stop. Just stop. I've said that as a joke because I know that it's a really contentious point between us. <laughs> but anyway, do you think both of those movies are worth someone watching? Or do you think that if they have the opportunity to watch something else, you should just watch something else? If you're sitting down to have a movie night and you're like, all right, yeah. I'm going to sit down and focus on a movie. Mm, I might go in a different direction. But if you're just yeah. putting on a movie just to you know have some fun and have it on you know, and watch at it. Yeah, they're they're great. Okay, yeah. Nice. So we're getting many movie reviews in this one. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think anything of anything else? else I watched. No, I've just been reading Harry Potter. And you're still on Order of the Phoenix right now? No, we just started Half-Blood Prince. So I read those books so long ago that I don't actually remember what happened, like, specifically in all of them. But I remember the Half-Blood Prince being, like, my favorite one. Um, Severus Snape is the greatest literary creation of all time. <laughs> He's pretty dang good, and that 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 book is very introspective into Snape, right? Um, yeah, you don't get really the big reveal until Deathly Hallows. Seven, yeah. Um, but you get a lot of Snape in this one. And I, I, I listened to a little bit of Smashing Pumpkins since the last time we've talked, and every time I hear the name of the band Smashing Pumpkins... I remember you and I going to the midnight release of Deathly Hallows, the book, mm -hmm. because you wanted to buy it, and the person in line behind us would not stop talking about how Smashing Pumpkins is the best band, and like, you've never listened to them? Oh, you need to check them out. They're so good. Like, we're in a line, and like, you're stuck with the people you're next to when you're in lines for that, and I'm telling you, this was... If I didn't know any better, it was the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins, and he was just telling us, you gotta listen to Smashing Pumpkins. He didn't know anything, like, literally, I think Matt had, like, just bought Nas's new CD, like, very recently, <laughs> so this guy had no idea that Matt was not the target audience for Smashing Pumpkins, but that didn't stop him. But, uh, it's just funny, because every just, time just I this hear week, Smashing you, uh... Pumpkins... It just I this week, you that. finally got around to it? <laughs> yes, he finally got to me. But um, I watched. Uh, I went and saw last night in Soho by myself. Austin was just asking if you'd seen that yet. He said it would be it right up good. your alley. It was real good, and and that that's the kind of movie that I just straight up would recommend. But I guess I should say, it is a little bit of a weirder one because it's very stylized. Exactly with Edgar Wright, um, who wrote and directed it. And then I I watched Midnight Mass, <laughs> so I'm completely oh, finally. finished with it. Yes, and man, I was so nervous because your review was like, it's good. You said like, it's, you said something like, it's a little disappointing or something, like be prepared to be disappointed, I think you said. Okay. And th so the whole time I kept saying to Dylan and Chris, I like it was a bit anticlimactic. Sorry, well, go ahead. I disagree, but... Like, I kept saying to Dylan and Kristen, like, an episode would end, and I'd be like, God, this is so good. Like, I don't know what they could do to completely ruin it. And I, Dylan I don't would think say, it ruined it. Dylan would say, just because Matt found it disappointing doesn't mean it's bad. But, like, 
without fail, the next night we'd finish the next episode and I'd be like, God, what is going to like make me hate this? And Dylan would be like, Cody, he said you might be disappointed. He didn't say <laughs> it would be bad. Right. Well, and it wasn't it wasn't that it was bad. I was just I just really didn't want it to end the way that it did. Yeah. And I knew it, it was going to. Yes. And then when it did, it didn't make me not want it anymore. But right. it's, but it's hard to tell you that without spoiling anything. Yeah. I hey, I think it's that... going to end exactly the way you think it's going to end. Right. Which which is exactly how it should end given exactly. yeah, right. the point they're trying to make. But it doesn't make and it any less disappointing to me. I'm telling you this, this is no spoilers. They do an effect in that show with the people's eyes that might be like one of my favorite things. I just love it that like talking about what their much, eyes look like when they're like quote seeing yes. the light. Yeah, like well, pretty much like it, it's almost like a cat's eye how it like reflects light back. Yeah. But so you, like but, if someone's but they also do an effect when they show like from the person's point of view. That's not the effect you're talking about. No, that's not the effect. Okay. I'm talking about when you see the person and their light, their eyes are yeah. like reflecting yeah, really light cool. back. It's so cool looking, and and the director, you know, Mike Flanagan made this show. He did something cool with reflecting eyes in, in Bly Manor with the glasses on that one character, mm-hmm. that one ghost. And then I recently watched Doctor Sleep, and he had another thing where there's there's kind of vampires in that that movie also, and they get the eye thing. So like he loves that shit, and <laughs> I understand it because it looks amazing. Right, it looks. It really makes cool. everything instantly cinematic. So great show. People should watch that. And I think that's all I really watched. It was because Midnight Mass took a while because they were all like an hour long mm-hmm. and we only watch one a night. Right. And then like our parents came and it delayed and all that stuff. But I mean, we're here to talk about Eternals, the new Marvel movie. And believe it or not, I actually have a pretty good summary of the plot, but it doesn't really talk about any of the characters. <laughs> so I also wanted to just kind of like list like characters from the movie because we were introduced to at least 10 new characters in this one. And before we get into anything, I'm just well, kind of interested. 11, if you count. We were introduced to more. Or 12. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if we're just thinking about the Eternals. Oh, we are we counting the post credit scenes? <laughs> no, we're not. I did want to ask, how much did you know about Eternals in general, like, before this movie was coming out? Very little. Yeah, like nothing, right? So like, did we're you getting look into up? Marvel territory where like I'm not as familiar, well versed. So like, I'm interested because like you always like when we when we're list- watching like Loki or something, you'll know all this stuff about Kang the Conqueror, and you'll know like all about I don't know like the the time. What are they called? The Time Lords. The TVA. So like, do you look this stuff up like? Oh, Loki's coming out, and it's about the TVA. Let me look up what the TVA is in Marvel Comics. Yeah, uh, some of it. Most of it I recognize, and I, like, refresh myself. Uh Uh-huh. But some of it I just know. The the Eternals I know very little. You don't get scared that you're going to be like, oh, the Eternals. I think I've heard of Cersei before. Let me go back and, like, look her up, kind of. Like, you're not afraid of getting, like, spoilers? Nah, because... What they've done in the MCU up till now is they've kind of used these storylines, but have not necessarily done it beat for beat. Right. You look at Iron Man 2 was very much Demon in a Bottle, but if you read Demon in a Bottle, it's very different from Iron Man 2. I got you. 
Of the Eternals, like, we had characters. We had Cersei, who she can, like, manipulate, like, nature pretty much, right? She could, like, manipulate water and, like, plants and stuff like that, it seems she like. She can turn... It like seems matter. like she can turn matter into other forms of matter. And then we got... I, I, sorry, they didn't really expressly say it, but it felt like she could, for a long time, she could only turn rock into other things. And and then she's, like, branched when out she, pretty much. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she turned the deviant into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Icarus, who is not only pretty much Superman, they actually explicitly said that in the movie, that he is like Superman. In a Marvel um, movie. Are they allowed to do that? I don't know. We have Thena, who is, I think her thing is that she's like a really experienced like fighter. She's like the greatest she, warrior. Right. And she has this like graceful like ballet type style. Ajak is pretty much the, the like leader of the Eternals on Earth. And... I don't really know if she has... Oh, she has healing powers. She can heal. Uh, Kingo, he literally had finger guns. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he's holding his hands in a gun-like formation with his fingers, mm-hmm. and he, like, shoots little blasts out. Yep. I felt like that was the lamest one out of everyone. <laughs> it took him so long to charge it up, too. But it's okay. They made his sidekick the best character in the movie. <laughs> they did. Um, which will... <laughs> You know, everyone start placing their bets now for who Dylan's favorite character in the movie Ooh, was. I didn't even think about this while we're watching it. So think about that as we go. We have Sprite, who can, I think she can, like, manipulate light, it almost seemed like. So she can, like, turn herself into different people, like shapeshift, almost like holograms. She can create holograms of people, and she can create, like, you know, f- for an example, like, she can make fireworks happen. But it's all, like, fake. She can just make it look like it. Fastos. Who isn't the fast one? I, I kept hearing them say Fastos, and I was like, oh, that's the speed woman. No. Fastos is the one that, like, can pretty much... It's almost like he has, like, superhuman inventiveness. He can, like, invent anything. Is that what it was? I mean, he was... he was he, Yeah, he like was, the tinkerer. like... The, yeah. But it seemed like he was able to, like... He could visualize something, and then he could just make it. That's, like, his superpower. Well, he had to figure out how to make it. But um, I think he was just super smart. Makari was the Flash um, right. character. She was super the speed. Flash. Druig could, like, mind control. He can, like, take people's minds over and, like, make them do whatever he wants. And Gilgamesh is super strength, pretty right. much. He, he punches real hard. So those are all the Eternals <laughs> that we have. And so keep that in mind that all of them are completely interwoven through the story and... I'm not going to mention most of them during my plot summary because I'm just talking about the story. And again, believe it or not, I think this is a good plot summary that I wrote. I'm interested. So I don't know if you want to get—I don't know if you want to get water real quick or something. But this movie was almost three hours long. <laughs> so the Eternals are a race of immortal beings with superhuman powers, and in this story, we follow the group of Eternals sent to Earth. They've lived on Earth for thousands of years, battling evil creatures called deviants within these thousands of years they defeat all the deviants on earth completing the mission given to them by their creator slash god erisham a celestial so we pick up with cersei one of the eternals in present day she discovers that the deviants are back so she reunites with the other eternals on earth while beginning to reunite cersei finds ajak dead and as i said she was the leader of earth's eternals 
and Ajak was the only one that could speak directly to Erisham. She's presumably murdered by deviants. Ajak passes the ability to speak to Erisham to Cersei. Cersei learns from Erisham that their mission to kill deviants was never about saving humanity. It was to keep the deviants from ending humanity before they could evolve and multiply. By killing the deviants, humans, the most complex intelligent life on Earth, were able to grow in population and trigger the emergence, a world-ending birth of a new celestial. The birth of this celestial would bring the creation of billions of new galaxies and an astronomical amount of new life. Cersei and some of the Eternals want to stop the emergence. Others, led by Icarus, who we later find out killed Ajax, believes it's their mission Spoilers. and needs to be done. The Eternals fight for their beliefs and Cersei's side wins. The emergence is stopped. Humanity is saved. In the end, Erisham is not happy and takes Cersei and the few Eternals that stayed on Earth. We don't know where they were taken. The rest of the Eternals are left to find them with the help of another Eternal from far away, Thanos' brother, Harry Styles. That's what happened in the movie. Also, Kit Harrington is in it. He is. And while he was a blink-and-you'll-miss-it kind of character, it seems he's going to be a larger part of the future of uh, <laughs> the MCU. So, just some a little bit of details about the movie. It was directed by Chloe Zhao, written by... These are all the names that are credited as writing it, probably together at different times and stuff. Written by Chloe Zhao, Patrick Berlay, Ryan, and Kaz Furpo. And it's starring, I mean, I just listed so many characters. Gemma Chan, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, <laughs> Matt said Kit Harrington. There's a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> um, Go look them all up. Uh, um, Rob Stark, what's his name? Yes, Richard Madden is yeah. Rob Stark. Yeah, we it, it, Game of Thrones fans... We had Rob Stark and Jon Snow in this movie, and, and both of them were in love with a character named Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I mean, it really was something every single time they said, like, Cersei, I love you. <laughs> so, yeah, so just kind of overall, like, did you like the movie? I like it more the, f- the further I get from it, the, the more Which I you sit just on saw it. it earlier this week. <clears throat> I saw it Monday, right? Today's Friday. For context, um, I saw it a couple weeks ago, so I might be a little foggier on stuff. Right when it ended, my opinion was, well, all right, I saw that. Mm-hmm. That was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I think back on it, the more I enjoyed it. Oh, okay, good. I was a little, what I was nervous about was that you were going to be like, this sucked, you know? No, I mean, it's definitely more out there than right. a lot of other Marvel movies. It, it gets into the the cosmic aspects of things more so than even guardians or right um or thor does because those take place in like cosmic like different universes this one's like about the makeup of all of it and i should just let you know that i really liked the movie and it was mostly because of how out there and like different it felt i kept i kept like having to remind myself that it was a Marvel movie as I was watching it. Like, I'd be watching the movie just completely not even thinking about anything Marvel-related, and then one of the characters would, like, say Doctor Strange or something, and I'd be like, oh, right, we're in Marvel. And I really liked that. So, yeah, so then let's go into um, what did you like about it? I liked a lot of the new characters. Um, mm-hmm. I lo- Spoilers, he dies, but I loved Gilgamesh. Oh, yeah. 
Cersei was yeah, she was she was fun. You don't Angelina. have to list through every single character. <laughs> Angelina Jolie's character was 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 a lot of fun to watch, just because the fighting style was really cool. Yeah, who's the other one that? Oh, and Kumail Nanjiani. What, what was his name in the? Kingo is in the movie. Yeah, he's fun. But did he's you like Kingo, or did you like his sidekick? They are a package deal. A package deal. <laughs> Sorry. So characters, um, just just the the establishment of the cosmos and explaining yeah. what the celestials are and and what yeah. they do and creating a villain out of them to where coming out of loki your thought is all right well kang the conqueror is going to be the big bad of this next phase of you know marvel movies and yeah. like now that celestials are in play and pissed off like yeah how, i don't know yeah they can they can be killed we know Clearly, that. or stopped at least. Oh, well, because e- of um, ego. nowhere is ego a celestial. Ego was a celestial, but nowhere. Remember when they go to nowhere in in the it, first it movie? It's the head of it. a celestial, right? So and ego died. Whoever that celestial is died. Right. Spoilers: They kill a celestial in this movie. They can or be at killed. the very least stop it because it's like I you know we don't technically know if it can be unfrozen, but well they said I, I mean, it was dead. Okay, okay. She turned him into marble. I mean, I don't know she that did. it's... <laughs> she did. So, like I said, just the establishment of of there's so much more going on in this universe yes. than what, what you thought previously. Um, yeah. That was cool. I guess that has to do with the scale, like you were saying. Um, and then it was just a fun story. It was beautifully shot. You know, yes. coming off of Nomadland, we had high right. expectations for Chloe Zhao, and it wasn't... It wasn't quite no but Nomadland right. um, levels, but it, it kind of couldn't be. It was like a diet Nomadland. <laughs> you well, it, you didn't have room to be so Artur-ish um, yes. in this because hey, it's a big budget Marvel movie, right? <laughs> and there's a yep. lot of special effects. Um, I will say that although I, was I read still, there were I've... a lot of practical effects. I felt coming out of the movie that they, it felt like Chloe Zhao was able to have control over the, yes. at least the feeling of the movie. You could yes. tell that she made this movie, yes. even if she was probably on a little bit of a leash. It wasn't as tight as other directors have clearly been in the past. It seems like what Marvel is doing lately is, like you said, it was half a million different people who wrote it. They've got right. this process where a bunch of someone writes a story and then someone else writes a script and then someone else goes over it and someone else goes over it until they get it to what they want it and then they pick a director and then they let the director take a pass decide at what it. to do with that right and it seems like to, to me for, you know I don't know anything but it seems to me <laughs> right. like they say hey you have to do this you have to do this and you have to do this other than that do whatever you want right and the ones that have an issue like Edgar Wright you know, had an issue with them with Ant-Man. It seemed like he only wanted to do whatever he wanted. He didn't want to right. necessarily play in the within the guidelines that Marvel gave him. Which I think they probably should have known before hiring him. Well. I don't know. We don't know what happens. We don't know how it works. Which is why it was also kind of weird to me that Scott Derrickson dropped out of Doctor Strange 2 because he's already done one of them. So you would think he already knows how it works, but maybe he thought, at least now that I did one, they'll let me do more of what I want to do on the second one. I don't know, but we, we don't know. Um, but also Doctor Strange is a little bit different because it's like so multiverse-centric. 
That, it's like an important one. Right. Scott Derrickson may have wanted to do a Doctor Strange story that didn't so much have to do with the multiverse. Yeah. Well, yeah, I liked a lot of the things that you liked. I liked the characters. I liked I liked Cersei more than you did, but I um I she liked fine. I liked Icarus a lot too and like I liked the characters that were like, you know, kind of in the gray area of if they're like <laughs> good or bad, you know? Like I find them interesting. Well, and there was a lot um, of that. The a lot of Exactly. Those. Druid and was very liked, much like that. Yeah. Also, he's going to be <laughs> I, in the Batman like that actor yeah <laughs> no druid <laughs> <laughs> but uh i loved the visuals too as i already said it was it looked like chloe Zhao made it but like i'll tell you this most of the movie could have been pretty plain looking to me at the very end when the clouds part and erisham is like in the sky like above earth looking down mm-hmm. that was like kind of a jaw-dropping moment for me <laughs> and i thought that just like looked incredible and so i was very like this this movie just looked incredible and that's not the only shot where they were able to like give off that just kind of horrifying existential scale of how big these and and like um scary these celestials are um Mm -hmm. i liked the themes i i like i liked the idea of using celestials and stuff as a like a like a metaphor and stuff for like believing in your your god or how you believe whatever because they had they had kind of the whole spectrum in that they had a character that like you know fully believes and they had a character that is kind of having their beliefs their beliefs um tested and things like that and then you have Ajax, who's the only one of the eternals on earth that can talk to aramesh and so she comes back and she tells them what Aramesh said. But you have some of the Eternals that maybe I don't trust Ajax and that she's telling us the truth and all that kind of stuff. So there was just a lot of themes that I wasn't expecting to see in a Marvel movie that I think they did really well that had to do with belief and faith and how you practice and all that kind of stuff. And then I literally wrote down here one of my my things that I thought was cool and spoilers, of course. I just wrote Icarus flying into the fucking sun. <laughs> that was insane. He, he, um, you know, he fought for letting the celestial destroy the earth because, you know, that was their, what, that's what they're, they're made for. That's like what their creator wants them to do. And you destroy the earth. Sure. But you're making billions of new planets and stuff like that. So that's, that's what his whole argument was. And he had to fight literally the person that he loved most in the whole universe. Right, in order to And do so it. when he loses, like, I couldn't believe they did it. But, like, when he loses, he pretty much put, he went all in on his beliefs. Mm-hmm. And he lost. And so he was like, well, There's nothing bye. left here for me. Right. And he flew into the sun. And I was like, well, he's did Marvel just do that? <laughs> like... Um, anyway, and then uh, on that note, Kingo says at the end of the movie, and I thought this was just kind of a beautiful way that they kind of tied everything together with the themes, and it like made me tear up a little bit because I thought the writing was good. Cersei asked Kingo, do you think we made the right choice? And Kingo says, like, it's too late for that, and like you followed your heart, and Icarus followed his heart, and that's all you can really do. Right. And I thought that was like a really cool 
succinct way of expressing what they're trying to say in the movie. And it kind of brought more light to, you know, you can't really call Icarus a villain for doing the same thing that the hero did. It's just what side you fall on. Right. Druig, I feel, is a bit of a villain, but we can get into that later. (laughs) It seems like a weird thing to just completely take over people's minds and, like, make them live a certain life for their entire generations, but... Yeah, but I mean, I you can see his perspective after watching this mass genocide and knowing you can. I I can I stop can this. so easily stop this. Right, it explains it, but it doesn't excuse it. We've t- we we've used <laughs> that before. Also, just in case I haven't hadn't didn't say it that whole time because I honestly can't remember. One of my positives also was. I liked that it was weird and like different than other Marvel movies. But yeah, with that, we could go into the not so good. Um, do you have anything? Do you want me to start? Um, I mean, most of my not so goods were just things that I wanted a bit more of. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I would have liked. I, I actually, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to get a little bit more of the main deviant. I can't remember his name. It was three letters. Oh, yeah. He was played by Bill the Skarsgård. guy from It. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to have gotten him fleshed out a little bit more. Um, <laughs> maybe even gotten him, you know, had him kill someone else and get a little bit more yeah. advanced. Yeah. And uh, like I said, just, just just a little bit more with certain characters. I liked Druig, but I feel like we didn't really get enough of his perspective to, to have him be as gray as you wanted him to be. Right. And because, I mean, it, it's a two and a half hour movie, two hour, 40 minutes, whatever. And even with that runtime, you're still trying to introduce and balance 10 characters at least. And right. so well, you're going to fall short on some of them. You didn't really need Kit Harrington's character, and I understand he's, like, a big deal in the future. Later. But, so, but I, I and I don't know where else you introduce him. I mean, clearly right. he's going to be in Blade, but you don't need him in this movie. Technically. I mean, it it changes how you look at Cersei's character, technically, because you always know in the back of your head when she's having the, like, back and forth with Icarus that... Dane Kit Harrington is there, but I guess. <laughs> but there was time devoted to him that could have been devoted yes, to other characters. Of course, is what I'm saying. Of course, I would have loved to get get more um, Salma Hayek, like in action. That was that was what I wrote down oh, when really? we were taking a quick break. I wrote down not enough Salma. Yeah, which and and, and I get it. Like her death is what spurns the story forward. So it kind of or if she's not dead. You don't have as much mystery because she has all the answers. Right. Cersei has to receive the answers, or at least like someone else has to receive the answers that's going to have a different perspective. And I mean, that kind of Icarus killing Ajax kind of like cements him as like, okay, I'm not on his side. Right. You know? And so I can see why it needed to be done. And they had Salma in the, in the flashbacks. flashbacks. Yeah. So I also, I, I felt like I liked most of the characters. I felt like Sprite had some of the coolest powers and stuff just to look at visually. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was a little bit of a missed opportunity that, like, she really barely used them. She, like, turned, she like created a fake Salma, which technically shouldn't have tricked anyone because we know she's dead. But And then she just gets hit over the head. And it was kind of mm-hmm. dumb how her like, motivation was, like, that she loved Icarus, but... 
Well, Either and way, she was like, like an angsty teenager, which makes her relatable on a human le- right. level. Right. But also made her really annoying as a character. <laughs> yeah. But I guess there are certain storylines where she's a villain also. Oh, so, so it, they needed so her they to be So they were trying like, to have her walk that tightrope. My stuff is like kind of random little things. like, And they're really kind of what you said. Like a good example is that lead deviant that like was becoming more advanced. Mm-hmm. In the end... It just felt like, like once you finish the whole movie, you're like, Crow? that really didn't know. need to be there. Like, it just kind of felt like one random loose end they kind of had to tie up at the end because they had started the whole thing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's little things like that throughout. Sprite being kind of a missed opportunity, not enough Salma, but it's no, it's nothing that's like big for me that completely ruins the whole thing. Right. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of not so good. <laughs> I just really liked the movie. <laughs> and Kristen really liked the movie. Do you have to think about your star rating or I've do you think it. you have it? Okay, so what would you give this movie out of five? Three and a half. I feel like it was just like a step ahead of average for Marvel standards. Yeah, because you kind of have to rate it almost in Marvel right, as a whole. Right. My averaging brought me to three and a half. But I liked it, so I gave it a four. <laughs> so you made it four. So it's, it's four stars, and like I said, I thought it was very weird and different. A lot of people have called it boring, and I just don't think it was a boring movie. <laughs> I thought it was very interesting. It was a little bit slowly paced, but it, yes. again, I, I liked the change of pace. Yes, where it, exactly. So, so many, I think we talked about this in the Shang-Chi episode a little bit, where so many of these Marvel movies are just kind of the same movie right. with a different skin on character. it character or yeah. a different you know whatever it is um and this wasn't which right. was kind of neat they very yeah. easily could have gone okay what worked with guardians of the galaxy let's just do that with eternals exactly and they and they didn't and like you said like and and one thing this is just kind of a random thing but it kind of goes into how i'm excited to see how this movie shapes what happens next going forward is, you know, you have this celestial, like, frozen in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, Dylan was saying, I'm excited in the future to see, like, a battle happen there. Like, they were, he was just saying, like, they gotta go back to that site and stuff. Because it just looks amazing with, like, hands coming up. Right. So, that'll be really cool. Um, So, let's move into our brand new segment that Matt came up with. That is... Dylan's favorite character, and the, and the, and the jingle for that is, who was that? We only saw him for a minute. Oh, that's Dylan's favorite character. You know, this was a long movie. I know the answer. I asked him specifically, and I don't want to make you feel defeated already. But there's no way you're gonna guess it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Was it? Okay, so early on, they're at like a birthday party or something like that okay. out at a bar. And there's okay. a guy, and Sprite is pretending to be an older... A woman. Right. And there's this mm-hmm. guy hitting on her mm-hmm. and goes to touch her hand and then kind of freaks out because his hand goes right it's through. A, it's a hologram, yeah. That guy. So what I'm going to tell you, Matt, is that you're wrong. But it out of the whole movie... You picked the part of the movie where his favorite character does show up. Ooh. So it's not at that bar, 
but it's like it cuts away from the bar. Okay. And you see something, right? And what you see is something moving under the water. And it cuts to a little stray dog on the beach. <laughs> and the thing from the water is a deviant that comes up. And that dog barks at the deviant. And the deviant backs away and swims away. Okay. That dog was his favorite character. I should have I known. I should have known. <laughs> Dylan you know, thinks that that dog was the most powerful character in the whole movie well, because all it did was bark and that deviant left. And the deviant was scared. You know what? Yes. He's not wrong. <laughs> and I know I know the whole thing is that the character's supposed to be like a super random thing, but I would not have been shocked if it was the uh the manager, the like the Kumail yes, Nanjiani's the, like, manager. Yeah. I I'm telling you the bit that they did where like Druig lived where like he kept getting the camera destroyed but he always had another (laughs) camera was hysterical (laughs) and so when like when kingo like ran and like shot the the deviant from underneath and all the like (laughs) stuff out and he was like did you get it and off camera you hear him go i got it sir like that was hysterical (laughs) and it's like i i want like i know that eternals is not the same type of comedy as spider-man but like Mm -hmm. i want them to show us the like footage from from that right, that like right. they edited together of that. It's gotta be like on the Blu-ray or something. Hopefully, that would be amazing. So yeah, so that was Eternals, and we are going to still shift. We're still going to talk about Marvel, but we're going to shift into some. Oh, you know what? Wait, before we leave Eternals, I actually wanted to say there's a couple things that happened in Eternals. You know, after credits wise, one was that we were introduced to. Another Eternal that's allegedly Thanos' brother and is played by um, Harry Styles. So, like, what do you think of that? Also, what might be the worst CGI in Marvel history? Pit Everyone the Troll, keeps saying that. Played by and Patton I, Oswald. Like, I guess I was so, like, distracted by Harry Styles uh-huh. that I didn't notice how bad the CGI oh, was. was. I need to go back. It was pretty bad. So, what do you think of that? Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I, I, we, Carrie and I talked about this. I feel like Harry Styles is one of those people, um, kind of like Zac Efron, where it's uh-huh. like, hey man, save some talent for the rest of us. <laughs> like, you can't be that good at that many Zac things. Efron. You can't be that good at that many things, and then also that good looking. Like it's not. Yeah. That, he, it's not fair. And his character is apparently like. Part of his like powers is how charming and seductive and like hot he is. Pretty he much. can he can affect. I looked it up. He can affect the um, center of your brain um, that releases pheromones and make you fall in love with him. Which so it's like when you're looking to cast, who's someone that like you can believe that you'll just look at him and like he'll just say something to you and you're gonna fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of perfect casting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Patton Oswalt is perfect for casting for that. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> <clears throat> but so that was cool, and I'm really interested in what's going on, what's going to happen there. Can I ask you something? Does that mean Thanos is an Eternal? So, in the comics, Eternals, Deviants, and Humans are all the same species that the Celestials just broke up into groups. Okay. And, you know, manipulated the DNA or whatever. They think that Thanos, or maybe it's in the comics, Thanos is an Eternal that somehow acquired some deviant 
genetics. DNA. So he's like both. Let me ask you this. I have a, I have two more questions about like the ramifications and, and what's happening next. We learned that the emergence is triggered by the population of humanity getting to a certain point, like mm-hmm. too many people pretty much. Mm-hmm. So does this mean Thanos actually was right? He was trying to and, stop the emergence. That's a theory that's the floating around out there. <laughs> That, that I, think, was, I think I think that that like was that not that, his goal. I feel like, like if that separate. was his goal, he would have said it. Right. His goal was what he said. Right. And like a side effect is that it delayed the emergence. Right. And even if he was trying to stop the emergence, that still doesn't necessarily make him right. Uh, whatever. But last thing I was going to bring up is Kit Harrington's character, Dane. Mm-hmm. I guess is a character called the Black Knight in the comics. Correct. And that end 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 credit sequence was him bringing out his family sword or something the ebony blade and off camera mahershala ali as blade says like are you ready or something like that right. so that's really setting up that like he's gonna be in blade they have a connection all that stuff well the, the ebony okay so i did a deep dive on this the ebony oh. blade is the counterpart to excalibur oh okay and it was imbued with the powers of Dracula. Okay. And used to hunt down vampires. So, and Blade's a vampire hunter, right? Correct. And he's also But a he's also a vampire. Right. And so we're that's getting into like the supernatural side of the MCU. Right. But there's Which I'm very excited about. <laughs> I I didn't realize the MCU was so heavy in like Arthurian lore. So uh, I, I I'm I'm wondering how much like of that Excalibur is and all that stuff. Right, and Merlin and you know, King Arthur. Wait a minute. And Thena, Angelina Jolie's character, had Excalibur in this movie, right. didn't she? Right. So that sets up that yes. both swords are in this the movie. Marvel Universe, right. And so do we see the Ebony Blade as, like, like is the Black Knight, like, a bad guy or, like, a, like an anti-hero? Like, or um, does he just use like dark magic as a hero so if you hold it's kind of like the symbiote if if the symbiote attaches itself to you you are venom right so if you have the ebony blade it imbues the powers of the black knight so so that's why all those whispers were coming from the right and it's like he was saying oh i have a complicated family history his uncle which, which um cersei was saying you need to make up with your uncle his uncle was the Black Knight and was a villain. I see. So he becomes the Black Knight and I believe is a hero. He could be, he might be an anti-hero. I don't know. Like we'll I see. said, I haven't read Black Knight. Right. And and so that kind of brings us into the TV shows that have been announced and stuff like that. I'm not making the connection with Moon Knight because they're both knights, but because Moon Knight's kind of a little bit of like a more supernatural kind of like Marvel's Batman thing, I think, right? And he's Marvel's Batman, right? Do they have any connection that you know of? Like, is Moon Knight going to also kind of be a part of the Blade? Uh, Not that I know of. So we have Moon Knight and She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel. And was there a fourth one that we actually got kind of a little trailer for? Hawkeye. Or were those the three? Hawkeye, of course. What if season two? And then we also just got logos for Echo, who is going to be in Hawkeye. Secret Wars, I guess, had a little shot of Nick Fury. Agatha, House of Harkness, Iron Wars? 
what was it? Armor Wars, Iron Heart. Armor Wars, Iron Heart. There was a lot. It was the first time that I went, maybe this is too much. Kristen and Dylan said, like, this is all TV shows? Yeah. They I also mean, announced Loki imagine... Season 2. Yeah. I would imagine it's over the course of the next, like, five years. I don't think this is right. like, we're getting all this in 2022. Exactly. And so I'm not I'm not feeling too overwhelmed because I know that it's all going to be spread out. But like, I'm very this overwhelmed because is... we're also getting Boba Fett and Obi-Wan <laughs> yeah. and ah- ah- Ahsoka. <laughs> yes, true, on the Star Wars side. And so it's like you have, like, because Kristen was saying, like, this is just going to be a lot to keep track of for just, like, the storyline of the MCU. Right, right. Which the... It's comic books. It's it's comic books come to life. Yes. Where you're not going to probably have to see everything. But, like, us, we're going to want to see everything. It's going to be insane. And I'm excited about it. Like, I'm excited for Moon Knight. I, I don't... Even I like if I Oscar don't know Isaac. a ton about it, I like Oscar Isaac, and I like that in that brief little thing, it looked pretty dark, and it looked like it's going to be, you know, kind of more violent than Marvel stuff usually is. I don't think um, Hudson liked it. I don't think Hudson liked the Moon Knight. Hudson's getting a little restless. Yeah. He's like, I wanted more Selma. <laughs> That's okay. Do you have any thoughts other than how overwhelmed you are by it? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited for the second seasons of the things that I've already seen. Right. Um, the, the little mini scene that we got for Hawkeye with the camera just going around the car over and over again was really cool. Yeah. I hope, I hope there's a lot of that kind of stuff in, you know, in the show. Right. But other than that, like, again, I'm not super well versed in She-Hulk, but I'll watch it. Yeah, I love Tatiana Maslany, who's in that, because she was in Orphan Black. And I was going to say, I don't think I've seen anything actress. with her in it. But She was in one episode of Parks and Rec, so if you watched all of Parks and Rec, you did see her in something. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it all, too. Would you say you're more excited for the movies, though, as far as the phases go? For sure. Because you know what's next. Spider-Man? Yes, yeah. which... I didn't watch the whole trailer because I just don't want to know everything that happens. I know. But... I broke. I, I I I had a few drinks the other night, and I was like, you know what? I'm watching it. <laughs> Some people have a few drinks and do something they really regret, and Matt is one of them. He watched the <laughs> Spider-Man trailer. It looks amazing. It does. It's gonna be awesome. So yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Let's Run That Back. You can go to our website, let'srunthatback.com. Our email is let'srunthatbackpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of the Eternals and if you're excited for the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, TV shows included. So I'd say that was Let's Run That Back. Uh, I'm Cody. I'm Matt. And we're two brothers who talk about movies as if our opinions matter. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.